What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to be talking about Canada, and Justin Trudeau is a tool, because, yeah, this motherfucker is so out of control. But, yeah, we already knew that, didn't we, guys? We are also going to be talking about a shipping container that the Dutch police found in June 2020, which was equipped with torture devices, soundproofing, and uh, they actually found seven of these shipping containers. So we're going to talk about that for a second. And then we got some tranny news. And yes, motherfuckers, I just said tranny. What are you going to do? Cancel me? (laughs) Good fucking luck. I'm like banned and shadow banned on nearly every platform. So bring it the fuck on. But anyway, sit back and get ready for this. Let's start with the Dutch torture chamber. Now, apparently this torture, actually one of the torture chambers was found kind of near the Belgium border, but in the Netherlands. What these fucking weirdos did who created this was converted seven soundproof shipping containers at a warehouse. And then apparently these uh, shipping containers were then brought to different areas. The Dutch police said they found bags containing hedge cutters, scalpels, and pliers. Tools that the cops were basically saying were intended to torture victims or at least put them under pressure. I remember when this story first came out, there was a lot of talk about sex trafficking and, you know, this was like a fucking prison for these women, children, men, whoever that were sex trafficked. There's actually all kinds of theories about what these shipping containers were actually used for and who was using them. The official narrative is that these containers were used by Dutch drug lords. There are a couple other theories. One theory is that this was kind of like an off-site detention center for some fucking government. Who knows? The theory behind this being some kind of black site for, you know, a government fucking torture chamber is because the Rotterdam police found police uniforms, stolen vehicles, badges, uh, just stuff to convince people that they were being arrested by police. So I don't know. I mean, it does sound logical that it could be drug lord torture chambers, but (laughs) with the clown world, it could definitely be some sort of like black site government fucking torture chamber. But I know back when it first happened, a lot of people were saying it was for sex trafficking victims because they would find toilets in these fucking shipping containers. And the whole dentist chair thing was kind of a Ironic because Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, also had a rando fucking dentist chair in his mansion. So I don't know. The whole sex trafficking thing is fucking out of control. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they're basically saying right now 85,000 unaccompanied minors that cross the southern border in the United States are gone and they think they've been sex trafficked. So good job, President Brandon. We're fucking rooting for you, man fucking twat. Oh yeah, and side note, while we're talking about President Brandon and human trafficking, two Republicans on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee are saying the Biden family profited from a human trafficking scheme that included prostitution ring in the U.S. and countries such as Russia and Ukraine. Now this is not hard to believe at all, especially if you've seen that fucking nasty fuck Hunter Biden's laptop. So I I buy it. This story I'm finding on the NewYorkPost.com site. Apparently, the Oversight Committee had reviewed more than 2,000 pages of financial records 
relating to the Biden family's business dealings. Marjorie Taylor Greene said, quote, I just saw evidence of human trafficking. This involved prostitutes, not only from here in the United States, but foreign countries like Russia and Ukraine. You know what other connections Hunter and Daddy President Brandon had in Ukraine were the fucking biolabs that were on the Russian border that some people think were made to start the process of creating the bioweapon called Kabobo-19. But <laughs> if you go to Wikipedia, that shit is straight up scrubbed. I noticed that a couple of months ago. I'm like, oh, just changing history again, Wikipedia. Up top, you got it, clown world extraordinaire. According to these documents, the sex trafficking involved more than just Hunter Biden, but actually extended to President Brandon's immediate family. Representative Byron Donalds of Florida, who is another member of the Oversight Committee, said that he saw evidence that the Biden family was profiting from a human trafficking scheme that included prostitution. He said, quote, what was there was frankly very disturbing. It demonstrates and shows that there are transfers of money from foreign entities, from foreign nationals, into bank accounts of Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, and other members of the Biden family. How not shocking. Not shocking one bit. Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee also reviewed the financial documents and said, quote, the records I saw seem to show Hunter Biden's corporate account paid for escort services that may have been tied to human trafficking. They were busy buying those services using company money. It's sick, and there needs to be real accountability for this. Even though the liberal media doesn't seem <laughs> to want to cover it, shocking again. So it's not just crazy ass Marjorie Taylor Greene who's saying this. It's a fucking whole ass committee. And you think this would be like all the fuck over mainstream media, but it's not. Not at all. We got more important things to fucking watch, like giving more billions of dollars to Zelensky is a grifter and fucking watching President Brandon stumble around stages and forget what the fuck he's saying. And this fool says he's going to run again whenever, the, what, 2024? Yeah, I don't think that's going to go so well for him. The chairman of the panel, Republican Representative James Comer of Kentucky, basically said the suspicious activity reports show that Hunter Biden was conducting business with suspected human traffickers. The money gained through influence peddling was funneled into a suspected criminal enterprise. Again, one linked to human trafficking. Why isn't this all over the fucking news, you guys? Is uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but people, you know, the NPCs of the world need to get it through their head that the mainstream media is just peddling lies, distorted fucking truth, and biased narratives. But unfortunately, I don't think that shit's gonna happen. We'd probably have more luck fucking capturing a unicorn on the fucking beach somewhere. While we're talking about these fucking payments to and from human trafficking syndicates, we can't forget that in 2017 and 18, Hunter Biden, James Biden, and President Brandon's daughter-in-law, Haley, received payments from a Chinese Communist Party-backed energy firm that is now defunct. Six additional family members who may have benefited from the deals were also identified. A spokesman for the demon rats that were on this committee said, quote, after years of pursuing political dirt against the Biden family, today's statement by Chairman Comer once again proves that he failed to uncover evidence of any wrongdoing by President Biden. 
Well, that's kind of funny because the demon rats on that committee did not even accompany the Republicans to the Treasury Department to review suspicious activity reports. So I don't know how the fuck they know what was in these reports if they didn't bother reading them. But, you know, politics. While we're on the subject of our clown world politicians, a transgender lawmaker is attempting to rewrite a law that excludes pedophilia from legal protection. Basically, you know how people are protected against discrimination or supposedly protected against discrimination based upon sexual orientation, all that shit. So check this out. A Minnesota transgender state lawmaker introduced a measure that would remove language from the state's Human Rights Act that currently declares pedophiles are not included in protections based on sexual orientation. The lawmaker's name, well, I don't know if it's like a fucking new name, dead name, whatever the fuck. The transgender rep is named Leah Fink. (laughs) Nice fucking last name, Fink fuck. I'm just wondering, why would you want to change a law that specifically does not include pedo fucks from protections? I mean, they think that it's cool. You, It's all good. Go molest these children, but you are a protected sexual class. Get fucked. I mean, in my opinion, pedophiles are already protected enough. It is so hard to secure convictions against these nasty motherfuckers And even if they are convicted, half the time they get probation or a little slap on the wrist and go to fucking solitary confinement for six months so the other inmates don't fucking enact prison justice on their disgusting asses. So why? Why do we need to protect these fuckers even more? Well, that would be because these psychopath leftists do consider pedophilia a sexual orientation. And their stupid little... PC floaty flowery term for pedophox is a minor attracted person. I mean, what's that saying? You can fucking put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. (laughs) Perfect saying for this situation. These nasty motherfuckers need to be stopped. As long as these nasty motherfuckers are going to use terms like minor attracted person, I'm going to freely use the word tranny whenever I refer to their nasty asses. It's just so fucking far down the clown world rabbit hole that if you go down it, it's fucking disgusting. It will haunt your mind for weeks afterwards. And it's it's just like one step in the wrong direction to protect literal predators of children. I don't I can't believe these motherfuckers aren't being ripped out of their representative chambers and being fucking tarred and feathered in the street. Come on, America. What the fuck has happened to all you? Jesus. I mean, I remember back in the day, motherfucker, pedophile, nasty asses getting shot in courtrooms as they were on trial for molesting children. But not anymore. Now we need to protect them a little bit more. We don't want them to get discriminated against. But fuck these kids. Fuck the fact that this is going to alter and possibly destroy their lives. But yeah, let's protect some pedo fucks right to bust a nut on a child. Nope, sorry, get fucked. I'm sure by the time Agenda 2030 is fully implemented, your ass will straight up be thrown in prison for talking shit about pedo fuckers. It's fucking crazy. And I'm saying that for a reason. Check this shit out. This bullshit is also going down in Minnesota. So arguing COVID came from China could land you on Minnesota's government's bias registry. And that's according to a new bill they're trying to pass. Minnesota, you okay, bro? 
the fucking snow up there freeze your damn brain? What is going on? Minnesota State Representative Harry Niska, who is a Republican, asked during the debate on a new bill where the praise for Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, because, you know, she's a trans-exclusionary feminist. So he's asking if you praise J.K. Rowling or if you argue that COVID originated in China, is that going to qualify as biased speech that would then put the citizen on a government database? Apparently, Minnesota lawmakers are talking about a change to state law, House File 181, and that would log alleged bias incidents even when they're not even considered a crime. Like, what the fuck? The bill was actually introduced back in January, and if you fucking offend your neighbor, they can then report this perceived bias-related incident, such as alleged slurs and verbal attacks that would fall outside the hate crimes compiled annually by the State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. And that was according to the St. Cloud Times. Apparently, Representative Samantha Vang, who is a demon rat, super shocking, was asked some hypothetical questions about her proposed bill. Niska asked, quote, if a Minnesotan writes an article claiming or arguing that COVID-19 is a Chinese bioweapon that leaked from a lab in Wuhan, and then someone reports that article to the Department of Human Rights, is that something the Department of Human Rights should put in their bias registry under your bill? This psychopathic Democrat Vang argued that while not all incidents are considered violent or criminal, this sort of rhetoric is, quote, bias-motivated. Therefore, it, quote, can be considered a bias incident. That's fucking insane. These people are just like so hardcore on censoring speech, censoring opinions they don't agree with. And just imagine what that would do for like the Christians of the country, the Catholics, all of them. <laughs> They're going to be on every motherfucking bias registry in the United States if shit like this passes and then spreads to other states. It's literal clown world bullshit. It's change of subject time. I can't talk about any more of these fucked up politicians, pedo fucks, and the crazy clown world shit that's happening with that. So <laughs> we're going to talk about a new global currency, which is known as Universal Monetary Unit. And it's supposedly going to revolutionize the world economy. I guarantee you, Fucking every single NPC in the world has no clue that this shit even happened. And it happened a couple of weeks ago. There was an International Monetary Fund spring meeting in 2023. The Digital Currency Monetary Authority, the DCMA, announced their official launch of an international central bank digital currency. Hmm. I, that sounds like some shit your girl here, Athena, has been warning you about for a few years at this point. And what they're claiming is it's going to strengthen the monetary sovereignty of participating central banks and complies with recent crypto assets policy recommendation proposed by the International Monetary Fund. According to the IMF, the universal monetary unit is legally a money commodity, can transact in any legal tender settlement currency, and functions like a CBDC to enforce banking regulations and protect the financial integrity of the international criminal system. I mean, banking system. If you're wondering who the fuck Digital Currency Monetary Authority is, check this out. The DCMA is a world leader in advocacy of digital currency and monetary policy, 
innovations for governments and central banks. Membership within the DCMA consists of sovereign states, central banks, commercial retail banks, and other financial institutions. So yeah, it just sounds like the fucking criminal bankers of the world have just got together to create a one world money, which will help these globalist fuck seize power of the entire world with a digital currency that they will control. I'm so sick of being right, you guys. Ugh. Everyone thought I was insane when I was talking about the CBDC fucking two and a half, three years ago. Like, sure, yeah, the money's gonna all be digital, uh-huh. Social credit, you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. Damn, motherfuckers, I wish I was crazy. I wish this shit was just a theory, but it's all happening and playing out right before everyone's eyes. And no one seems to give a fuck. I think by the time the masses of the world wake the fuck up, it's going to be far, far too late by that point. There are several countries that are already on board with this digital currency bullshit. The UK is working on one. The EU is working on one. And according to an official White House website, quote, a United States central bank digital currency would be digital form of the US dollar. While the U.S. has not yet decided whether it will pursue a CBDC, the U.S. has been closely examining the implications of and options for issuing a CBDC. If the U.S. pursued a CBDC, there could be many possible benefits, such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions, fostering greater access to the financial system, boosting economic growth, and supporting the continued centrality of the U.S. within the international financial system system. Yeah, not buying it. Not fucking buying the bullshit for one hot second. It's just uh, one more step to fucking Agenda 2030. And you would think now with all these like quote unquote conspiracy influencers, you know, the bitches that get all dolled up to go talk about shit we've been talking about for three years and they're acting like, oh my god, you guys, I'm gonna warn you, but look at my pretty makeup. You think since this is like not necessarily become like mainstream, but when you start getting conspiracy girl influencers, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, and you know, I'm not hating on them. All the power to you. Get all dolled up and go talk about the conspiracy theories. Because the more people that are informed about what's actually going on basically gives us a better chance of eventually fighting it, stopping it, eradicating it. So get down with your bad selves, you beautiful makeup covered conspiracy influencer chicks up top. Now we have to move up north to Canada to talk about some of the shit that's going on there. Apparently, the leading health agencies in Canada were aware that the COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent the spread of the virus. And this was all prior to the fucking mandates in the fall of 2021. These motherfuckers were absolutely aware that the Kabobo shots did not stop the spread of the virus. There are some documents that have come out from Health Canada and the Public Health Agency of Canada, and they show in black and white that officials understood that these mRNA shots could not prevent viral transmission. I'm finding this story on Epoch Times. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not surprising. It's just fucking more clown world bullshit. These documents that were produced by Health Canada and the Public Health Agency of Canada, PHAC, stated that, quote, there is some emerging evidence documented that COVID-19 cases in fully vaccinated individuals 
may have similar viral loads than the unvaccinated. According to those in charge of the public health, the, quote, evidence raised issues about the individual's capacity to transmit the disease to others and the necessity of layering extra precautions such as masking. So these twats were fully aware that these shots were worthless and probably fucking dangerous, but yet they still tried to force all of Canada to get these fucking death jabs. I wonder why that is. Hmm. In these documents, Health Canada and the PHAC stated various objectives related to government policies concerning Kabobo mandates for federal personnel. Then Justin Trudeau is a tool mandated this shit by force in October 2021. So basically the government knew these shots didn't work, but the government also insisted that everyone get vaccinated and all provinces mandate that individuals get vaccine passports. In 2022, when Justin Trudeau is a tool, had a COVID travel jab mandate and a federal worker injection mandate firmly in place. The Omnicrap variety began to appear, striking everyone, regardless of whether or not they had received the clot shot. And it took a full-ass year later, in October of 2022, to have the COVID requirements removed. There is just so much shady shit with these jobs. I hate that I always have to talk about Kabobo and the fucking crazy shit that went down with it, but 100%, this is the craziest psyop to happen in our lifetime and it's still going on. So it's like I'm basically forced to talk about all the clown world shit that still to this day keeps coming out about what the health authorities in the United States or Canada or the EU, what these motherfuckers knew about these shots before they then forced it on most of the world's population. In other horrifying Kabobo 19 news, those who have been fully vaccinated for COVID-19 with the mRNA shots will lose 25 years of their life expectancy. And that's according to a bombshell new study. Researchers analyzed government data from the U.S. CDC and Cleveland Clinic data and insurance company risk assessment data. The analysis uncovered a disturbing trend of showing lifespans plummeting in those who had multiple doses of the death shot. The latest Cleveland Clinic data and the latest U.S. data were analyzed by Josh Sterling, founder of Insurance Collaboration to Save Lives and former number one ranked insurance analyst. The damage to health caused by each vaccine dose does not lessen over time, as it appears to continue indefinitely. The study found that someone who's had four or five shots and is 30 years old today can now expect to only live to 55 years old at the oldest. If you use the number of people who are vaccinated, the different proportions of the United States and the different categories and then you apply the experience from the UK to the US, you'll end up concluding that we're probably having about 20% additional mortality as a result of the vaccine, which if those numbers are true, would mean 600,000 deaths a year in the United States, you guys. CDC all-cause mortality data shows that each vaccine dose increased mortality by 7% in the year 2020 compared to the mortality in 2021. Those who've had five doses were 35% more likely to die in 2022 than they were in 2021. If you've had one dose, you were then 7% more likely to die in 2022 than 2021. If you're unvaxxed, then you were no more likely to die in 2022 than you were in 2020. 
2021, you guys. So yeah, I'm sure the health authorities in Canada and the United States knew this or at least suspected this before these shots were even rolled out. While we're on the subject of Canada, apparently Bill C-11 has become law today. And fuck, you guys, we have a lot of Canadian listeners and all bad, you guys. I fucking feel for you. (laughs) This is such a slippery slope. So let me just explain to the non-Canadians of the world what Bill C-11 actually is. Before I actually go into the description of Bill C-11, I would like you guys to think back maybe five, six months ago when Justin Trudeau is a tool banned all guns in Canada. So just keep that in mind as I start describing this Bill C-11 to you. Bill C-11 is Canada's online streaming act. And it's one of the several attempts by Western governments to crush online speech while claiming that they support free expression. So this bill is actually being pushed by Canadian Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez. And just a little side note, this fucker believes that unregulated speech erodes the foundations of democracy. This fucking guy. And basically, (laughs) this bill has the full support of the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, is a tool. Shocking. Now, Trudeau first attempted to pass a version of Bill C-11 in 2020, but it failed after a mass pushback over the way it attempted to censor online speech. But don't worry, these Canadian politicians are persevering. After Bill C-10 died, the current leader of the Canadian Conservative Party of Canada warned the critics of Bill C-10 to make sure they were ready for the next time Trudeau and his team came for the freedom of expression. Then just one year later, Justin Trudeau is a tool and his team did just that by reintroducing Bill C-10 and calling it Bill C-11. <laughs> so basically, this bill gives Canada's communication regulator, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, increased power to regulate, quote, programs, a definition that applies to almost all forms of audiovisual content that are uploaded by Canadian citizens. This will basically empower the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, CRTC, to set content promotion and demotion rules for Canadian content and require platforms to make financial contributions towards Canadian content. You guys, this bill is so fucking crazy and restrictive that even YouTube, like the fucking censorship kings of the goddamn world, has warned that the bill will harm creators I mean, you have to know it's all bad if YouTube is saying this bill is too restrictive. So basically, if you disagree with the official narrative that the Canadian government is putting out there, they're going to fuck with the algorithm to make it so it's almost impossible to find your uploads. Then they're going to make their narrative super easy to find. And it'll be, you know, the first fucking three pages will be the government approved narrative of whatever bullshit they're trying to get the Canadians to believe at the moment. And I'm sure the United States is going to be fucking next in line to do some stupid shit like this. I mean, big tech has already throttled so much speech that doesn't agree with our government's narrative. So it's all bad, you guys. And then crazy people like me that fucking... (laughs) call out the bullshit as I see it, I'm going to end up in a motherfucking FEMA camp. 
So I don't know. Bring it, bitches, though. I'm not about to shut the fuck up. Good luck. And in other rando Canadian news, hundreds of civil servants demonstrate outside the Pearson Airport. Apparently, there was 500 public employees who took part in the demonstration. So check this out, you guys. The airport protest comes as more than 100,000 civil servants with the union walked off the job April 19th. Is one of the largest work stoppages in Canadian history. Basically, these people are protesting because they need higher wages and protections around remote work and ending the contracting out of services. So there's just like, you know, a hell of people out there protesting. You think, hey, maybe Justin Trudeau went there to like show his support or see if he could like, I don't know, make these people happy, cut a deal, something. You know, he's the fucking president, prime minister, whatever. No. <laughs> fucking Trudeau decided to hop a plane and come to New York City. So Trudeau was at the Council on Foreign Relations in New York. This World Economic Forum fuck. He's just so shady. I don't understand how it's not painfully obvious to anyone that just gives him one look. He is a shady, nasty motherfucker. And side note, while he was a teacher, he fucked one of his students and then paid her off $2.5 million. And nothing ever happened. Nothing came of that. He also did blackface a bunch of fucking times. He's also a psychopathic, pathological liar and disrupted legal protests. The Canada convoy. He seized money just to stop opposition. So this stupid motherfucker, I don't even understand how he's still in charge in Canada. Uh, probably the same way of fucking... President Brandon gets reelected, some bullshit like that. Who knows? But he just reeks of scumbag. And you can tell he's a schmuck. He's a fucking scam artist. A con artist is actually probably a better description of Trudeau as a tool. All right, enough doom and gloom for one week, motherfuckers. So now I get to tell you about my swim in the turquoise lagoon I found. It was fucking gorgeous. The water was a bit cold at first, but it wasn't like that cold that hurts your bones. It was just like cold. And then once you stood there for a minute, you got used to it. And my skin didn't melt off. I didn't fucking die. I still have no idea where this water source is coming from. But like I said last time, I used the tester for my zero water filter to see if there was any arsenic, lead, you know, basically fucking bad shit you don't want to go swimming in. And it came out comparable to tap water. So my ass will definitely be going back to my secret hidden lagoon. I don't think many people know about it. It's not some fucking like fancy beach or some shit. It's so random. It's in the middle of nowhere, uh, kind of by this disused road that is kind of close to my house, less than a fucking mile. So I will definitely be going back there and swimming once the water heats up a bit. We've had a couple 90 degree days here in California, so it should be absolutely perfect within the next couple of weeks. And of course, I totally forgot to bring my phone to get pictures to show you guys this turquoise ass beautiful lagoon. But next time I go, I will definitely try to remember and get these pictures up on my Instagram account so you can see this little hidden lagoon that I discovered and we'll probably be spending a lot of time in the upcoming months. All right, you guys, that is about it for this week. But before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states. We have California in first, Texas in second, and Florida in third. 
Would you look at that? The three biggest troublemakers in the entire United States seem to be my top downloaders. That's what's fucking up. I appreciate you guys checking out the podcast every single week. Hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com if you want any of the documents I talk about or you'd like to send my ass down a rabbit hole. As far as our international peeps, we have the UK, Australia, Canada, and check out this one, Thailand. That's new. What's up, Thailand? I appreciate all of you guys tuning in each week. If you want to come over to Reddit, check out my sub. It is r slashed vanished in the valley. You can find me there, and I actually might get the message if you send it there, because Instagram, yeah, I'm not gonna fucking get the message. But yeah, like I was saying, that's about it for this week, and I need you to remember to be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.